This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Thank you for your precious time today and joining myself and my special lovely guest on the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast. Today, our guest is Ted, and she's making a uh, second appearance on the show. Because last time she was on the show, it was about 17 months ago, not quite a year and a half, and she detailed all of the tremendous improvements that she made on the Patterson program for rheumatoid arthritis, and she covered in detail a lot of the difficulties that she'd been through over very many years of rheumatoid. Now, today, I wanted to bring her back on the show so that we could get an update for her. One, because I love Ted. Uh, number two is because often, you know, you'll see success stories online for other types of eating patterns like paleo diets and keto diets and all sorts of weird and wonderful trendy kind of dietary patterns that are very transient. And someone can post a testimonial after going and changing their diet to something like that and posting it after a week of doing it and say, hey, I feel so much better. And that gets shared to all the crazy, passionate, crazy paleo people around the world. But then in six months time, the person's no good again. But we don't see that. We don't know that. Now with Ted, just like many other guests who have had back on the show, she's going to tell us today that not only is she just as good as what she was nearly 18 months ago, but she's even better. She's taking slightly less of one of her medications She's feeling great despite getting through the pandemic of COVID, and it's just inspirational. And there's a special bonus as well that she's going to talk about, which is a a really uplifting and motivating aspect that's not related to food, not related to diet, not related to, to exercise, sorry. And it's about being able to resume work again after not being able to work for 15 years. And that's how well she feels. And so, Ted, with that big introduction all the way from the Netherlands, Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thanks for your invitation, Clens. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I, I really did give you a big intro there. And, and you and I just spoke about how we might dovetail from our previous episode into this one. And I thought, can you give us just a less than five minutes recap of what we covered last time for people who may have forgotten some of the details? You have so much to cover, but let's see if we can just bring everyone up to speed of where we left off about 17 months ago. Okay, I'll do my best. Um, (laughs) 16 years ago, I got my diagnosis, rheumatoid arthritis and the Sjogren syndrome. And and, um, yeah, that's the two two most important. And um, I used all the medication that there is Prednisone, metotrexate, um, the last uh, 10 years I use um, biologics. But all those years were with pain, with disability, with a lot of trouble. And, and there was no medication that worked perfect 100%. And uh, year after year, I got worse, I worse, and worse. My situation was worse. 
And uh, at the deepest point, four and a half years, five years ago, I couldn't walk. I wasn't able to do anything. My husband had to take care for me. I had a lot of pain. I couldn't sleep. Then I discovered the Patterson program. And I started. And within 24 hours, I experienced a big reduction of pain and a starting of uh, an, a new possibility to do things. Uh, I started to walk again, uh, to take care for myself. So I was very, very uh, inspired. And, uh, well, it was for me the, the solution for a better life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And let me just clarify, when you first started there, we, we had a glitch and I think it sounded like you said six years that you got your diagnosis, but you've had the rheumatoid for many more years than six. 16, 16, 16, sorry, 16. Yeah, My, yeah. no, it's, no it's just a, a, a technical thing. I think uh, was, so one six, so 16 years. Wow. Okay. And then you've been part of our support group for many years and I've watched and uh, and helped and 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 watched everyone else who you've been friends with in our support group over those years. You know, just see how well you've done, and you've you've expanded into a sort of a more of a diverse whole food, plant based diet. Um, you've got the classic exclusions, the ones that I recommend too, which is you know we talked about the no added oils, we talked about low fat. Right. Yeah. And the clarification, of course, it's not no fat, it's just overall lower fat than Western society. And you've got, you know, no animal products. Um, yeah. and there's uh, no, you know, including dairy. Uh, and so you've got this wonderful platform that has kept you healthy, kept you stable alongside your, you know, medications that you have the same ones uh, that we were talking about uh, 17 months ago. But you've been able to lower one of the drugs. Yeah, you've been able to reduce methotrexate from ten milligram to seven point five milligram. Yep. How did it you go about? How did you go about doing that? It went perfect, no problem. And I'm sure I can taper it down further to, until zero. But my rheumatologist is very carefully, so I have to do it very carefully, and uh, that's the way I have to try it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's really not any reason to rush a reduction of a drug when it's giving you a good quality of life and there's not many side effects. I mean, if we rock the boat, it can be real hard to restabilize it. So uh, I think it's fabulous. Conservative, conservative approach on the reduction is, is fantastic. And then the other drug, so everyone is uh, clear on your current medical plan. Uh, you have uh, Simsia that you take, which is a biologic drug. Um, and you found that Simsia gave stability when Enbrel eventually stopped working some years ago after you'd had, you know, I recall you were having lots of infections after it was your wonder drug for a while, but then there were infections within, with Enbrel that eventually meant that you had to stop it and start. Yeah. Simsia. Yeah. yeah. But there's one point I would like to say about something when I started the Patterson program, the new lifestyle, I thought, well, a few months, 
and then my uh, problem is uh, gone and uh, I can live like before without uh, medication and no diet anymore. I thought the program was a quick fix. And it's difficult to understand that it's a new lifestyle for the rest of your life. And that is also why I say the metotrexate tapering is a slowly process. And that is, uh, for me, very difficult, but I, I'm convinced it's the only way to achieve my goal. Yeah. So it's not a quick fix. No, and I think um, anything with our health is like that. But this with, you know, trying to minimize a chronic autoimmune disease is certainly an extreme example of that. Everything is slow. Everything is so slow. And, uh, you know, accordingly, the medication adjustments are slow. Um, One of your fellow Netherlands guests who's been on the show many years ago uh, called Hannah. Now, Hannah got down to 2.5 milligram a week of methotrexate. And at that dose, um, you know, I know that some rheumatologists think, well, what's the point of taking it? Because it's below a level that they would consider to be sort of an, a, a functional or an effective or a clinically relevant, not clinically relevant, but a dose at which plays a significant role in the body for this condition. But uh, she stayed on 2.5 for a whole year before then finally taking that 2.5 out of her routine. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think there is a too slow approach. And I would just say, look, the fact that you in 17 months have not only maintained where you're at, but you've actually improved to the point where you've reduced one of your drugs a little bit. You've, your, your, your health is, is so good that you've been able to maintain through a yes. quieter exercise period. It's great. Yes. So I want to talk about the exercise. So many folks, so many people emailing me saying, I'm not exercising at the moment, the gym's closed, or I've fallen out of my routine because of COVID. How has COVID affected your exercise? How has that in turn affected your health? Well, uh, COVID had had a big effect on the possibilities to exercise because I went for swimming, for physiotherapy, for cardio fitness. Nearly every day I had an appointment for working on my health and uh, with with, uh, exercising. And all those things weren't, weren't possible anymore. So from day one, I decided that I had to do it by myself. Uh, my um, yoga school had yoga lessons online. So I followed their yoga lessons online. Uh, I went walking with my husband. Well, not every day, but a few day a few, few times a week and cycling cycling is for me the ultimate way to uh, exercise do a little bit cardio fitness and to enjoy outdoors to be outdoors and that that was possible here because i live in an area that uh, is not too crowded so i can can be in the uh, outdoors in the nature and that's of course a big bonus for me so i used those things to work on my uh, exercises in the covid period 
Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. It's a cliche, but it's wonderful, isn't it, about the, about the duchies and, uh, and their bicycles. Uh, you know, you're the bicycle capital of the, of the world and um, with uh, very few hills and lots of beautiful landscape, uh, there's no, no reason not to get out there and get amongst it. Yeah. Well, that's just sensational. So you've found you've been very resourceful and you yeah. have taken the situation as it is and thought, yes. okay, look, I can't do the usual ways I exercise. What else can I do? We need to adapt or survive, right? Yeah, yeah, and true. You've adapted and that's brilliant. And now, yeah. and now I want you to tell us about, you know, one of the things that I wanted to bring you on the show about, the fact that you've been able to resume work again. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, so uplifting to the human spirit to know that you're able to then go and do things that previously we weren't able to do. And a job is a big one. So tell us about your role that you've been doing and what it felt like to be able to work again after losing your capabilities 15 years ago. Well, I had a job for nearly 40 years as a nurse in a University hospital uh, was a pediatric nurse specialized in uh, onco- oncology, on- oncology, difficult word, oncology. So I lost my job. Um, that was very, very difficult for me. Well, last year when I felt I was, I was doing so well, I thought maybe there is something I can do. I can start again because I feel so good and why not? And then there was uh, an advertisement for, um, they were looking for, um, how do you call it, um, that you bring meals to people uh, as a courier, a courier, mm-hmm. but from an organization that brings meals to people with a special needs, uh, mostly elderly people, uh, people with Alzheimer. And there is a social aspect. You also have to take a little bit care for, does he open the door? Is the refrigerator working? Uh, Does he he or she eat her meals? Mm -hmm. So this social aspect from this organization was very, very attractive for me. So I uh, mailed, emailed them. And I had an appointment for an interview. And that was for me very exciting on my age to have an interview again. And I thought by myself, I don't tell anything about my rheumatoid arthritis. That's the first time since 16 years that this will not be a point. And let's see where it ends. And after the interview, uh, the manager asked me what I thought and said, well, I think I'm able to do this. It's only two days a week for four hours. And let's give it a try. But what do you think? And he thought, he said, you are perfect. I should love it if you want to take this job. Because also of because of my um, background from being a nurse. So I started and it went perfect. And for me, it's... Every time a sensation that I'm able to walk four hours, visit all those apartments with 
a lot of uh, floors and I walk the floors. That's for me a training. So if somebody lives on the fourth uh, floor, I walk the stairs. And now I'm walking back from the 10th floor. There are some uh, clients who live on the 10th or 8th floor and I walk all those stairs downstairs. So every time I think, well, what a, what a, what a great gift that I can do this again. Do you understand what I mean? Oh my God. Like, do I understand? I, uh, I can picture it and, and, and imagine it and feel it for you. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's emotional, you know, it's just absolutely like a second lease on life. You know, um, I think you're okay with sharing that you're 69. You told me you turn 70 next year. Now, when most people in their late 60s are winding down and wanting to quit work and wanting to retire, here's you having had 17, coming on 17 years of diagnosis of one of the worst diseases that anyone would ever want to have. And you're like, I want to do more work. I want to get back into work. And it's uplifting for you. And it's just created this whole new sense of being, hasn't it? It's unbelievable. I'm happy every day that I work. And if I give, if you allow me to give an example, um, the Tuesday is for me a very busy day. Uh, But it gives an insight about what I'm able to do now. On Tuesday, I get up at 6.30 in the morning, have breakfast, and then cycle to my physiotherapist. And that is in another town. It's about 12 kilometers, I think. Hill up, cycle. Then first I start with swimming 30 minutes at my own uh, swimming, uh, how do you say, laps? I don't know how to say it. And then 30 minutes physiotherapy. In the water, I cycled back home. Uh, so then I cycled about 25 k's and I had a one hour of um, exercising in the swimming pool. And then in the afternoon, I have my job. And I leave home at uh, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm back at eight o'clock in the evening. And all this time, I'm walking. Yeah. Of course, I drive by car from the one address to the other, but that's very uh, short periods. Uh, the most of the time, I'm walking, yeah. and I'm climbing all those stairs. And then that's my Tuesday. And then on Wednesday morning, when I get up, I have no problems at all. Mm. And that's the ultimate test. My rheumatologist told me long years ago. If you notice the next morning when you get up, no problems from the day before, then you are on the right track. And that's every Wednesday morning the same. Oh, that's just fantastic. It's interesting you heard that from your rheumatologist about the next day. I've been saying that for as long as I was diagnosed is that if the exercise doesn't make you feel worse the next day, then that is the right exercise for you or that it's certainly not, not harmful. So. You know, isn't it incredible what the body can do? And the body loves movement. I watch my dad. He's 70. Oh, gosh. He is, uh, he's 72 or 73. He works on a farm out in the middle of rural Australia. We would call it the outback. 
And he he just doesn't stop. I mean, he gets up around the same time as you do, or you do on the Tuesday, 6.30. He works until he can't see anymore outside until there's such darkness that he can't actually like do anything and it prevents him from doing anything further. And during the day, it is absolutely nonstop. Walking, lifting, uh, pushing, pulling, uh, climbing sometimes on the back and get up into tractors. And, and I mean, it doesn't stop. And um, it, it's just like touch wood. He just keeps going. And it's just it, the body just seems to respond fantastically to constant movement. And Dr. Gregor, obviously one of the most sort of well-recognized plant-based medical doctors, <laughs> he does all these podcasts on the treadmill I asked him, you know, you know, is it, you know, why do you do your podcast on the treadmill? When I when I interviewed him, he's like, I don't stop moving all day. You know, the body wants to move, and you're just an example of how, and with rheumatoid, there's no exceptions. There's, we're not we're not excluded from that general rule. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, I love how you cycle, then you swim, then you cycle home, and it just creates this beautiful image in my mind. Do you feel that? cycling has helped with your very bad right knee that you had for many, many years. Do you think that cycling is actually a uh, Im- improvement strategy for the knee? For me, absolutely. Because also in the most worst periods, when my knee was very swollen, very painful, I kept cycling. It was even dangerous sometimes because I couldn't move nearly, but I want to cycle because it's a possibility to be outdoors. And I like to be outdoors. It's an aspect that's very important also. To be outdoors in nature is very healing. And that is what I wanted. And uh, I like to be in, um, um, to move quick. So with walking, I can't move quick. But with cycling, I had a feeling I, fin- I, um, I feel the wind on my face and I have the idea that I can move quicker. And that's for me a very um, positive way to exercise. Yes. Yeah. I haven't run for a long time, but running is just so, uh, such an exquisite feeling. Um, and I, just the feeling of the wind in your face that you've described, or especially when you're running, say, down a hill, especially quickly. Yeah, it's just a wonderful feeling. And certainly on a bike, which I've done a lot of, you know, yes, I love that feeling of the wind on the bike. And we're just, we've just gotten back to Australia and the whole family is going to be buying bikes because we can ride our bikes on a bike path to get down to the beach. Um, yeah. And it's funny, I want to ask you a question that, you know, just popped into my mind. With your strogens, which you said that you also were co-diagnosed with, do you get dry eyes and do you have to wear special glasses to stop the wind blowing in your eyes as you bike ride or is it not an issue? I have uh, eye drops and eye, uh, Zolf, how do you say it, uh, eye cream uh, for my eyes, for my dry eyes. Uh, and I always use sunglasses Always, even in winter, um, if there is no sun, I always use sunglasses. Yeah. Good, good. And have you found that the eye drops and eye cream have been effective for your cirurgeons? Have they had any side effects? Did it take you a long time to find the right brand? Yeah, it did me a long take a long time to find the right brand, and that was with help of the um, rheumatologist. 
and I'm so used to it. It's uh, I have no side effects, but I can't miss them. It's uh, in the evening when I go to sleep uh, mid- in the middle of night. I'm uh, putting it in in the morning if I get up. Um, it's well a way of life. I'm so used to it, and it's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, great. I wonder if you might share which brand that you use because I know that I get inquiries about this um, and uh, I'd be interested to uh, grab that. If you can't think of it off the top of your head, you can just email it to me and I'll put it in the transcription notes in the, of the show um, oh, yeah. that'll go up on uh, the rheumatoidsolutions.com uh, website unless you know it off the top of your head. Well, one of the, uh, the the drops are Saluvisk, Saluvisk, and that's a wonderful brand. And the yeah. cream, I'm not sure about it anymore, but I will um, email it to you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that'll be helpful. Always looking for these, uh, you know, helpful tips and resources because uh, once we have something that works, it's good to share it amongst the, everyone in the community. Okay, well, look, that's that's everything I really wanted to to cover. I wanted to get you to talk about all these, uh, you know, updates and especially how you've now been able to work, how you exercise through the COVID period, um, how you've been able to, you know, Im- improve uh, despite a very challenging worldwide year for everyone. Uh, so thanks for coming back on and let's do this again in another another year and a half. Let's get you back on and 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 look forward to getting your next update where you might even be a little lower on the methotrexate, you know, and uh, uh, that would be just right, you know, just a bit lower, not rocking any boats and just feeling good. I mean, that would be a great outcome for the next uh, next year and a half, I think, if not more. Up to you. That would be very nice. I'm working on it every day. Yes. Thank and you. you. Have, have you got any other messages for anyone who would be watching and, and um, still sort of trying to find that healing groove? Is there some words of wisdom that you wish to impart? Well, for me, the most important thing is during those 16 years to have the inspiration. And inspiration for me is very important. Um, well, the big inspirator are you, but also on the forum, all those other um, members, but also a book you read about it or a podcast you listen to it. And the other thing is that I always have to give myself a goal, a goal to work for. And it's not a big goal. When I started 16 years ago, my goal was to be able to visit my son in New Zealand again, because I couldn't, because of what I had so much problems. And that was my goal. But I have also smaller goals. Um, I can remember that uh, when I could walk again, my goal was going to the forest, walking in the forest. That was a beautiful goal. Uh, Starting working again is a beautiful goal. So inspiration and having goals to work for. That are the most important things for me. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. I do the same exact thing myself. Um, I like listening to uplifting podcasts and I, I have always had goals, not just for my health, but for other aspects of life. And in fact, 
um, before returning to Australia, we listed all the things that as a family we wanted to achieve between now and the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, And that includes things like, you know, going on the Sydney Harbour Ferry together, going to the Opera House and watching a show, you know, and things like that. And, um, you know, for me, with my personal health goals, I want to be able to uh, get back into being able to do chin-ups again. Um, And so, you know, there's very specific, but um, being able to look forward to those or work towards those and picture those in our mind, um, you know, gives us a purpose, doesn't it? And uh, it, it, it creates a, uh, a vision of a better future. And that's just so crucial when a lot of the things we hear about our condition talk about a more challenging and a less, less pretty future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Ted. Look, I just think you are wonderful. I have a lot of such, you know, deep, warm, loving feelings for you and what you've done. And, and uh, thank, you. thank you for, you know, all of the wonderful things and uh, that, that you've done inside our support group as well. You've got so much support and love and, uh, and you know, yeah, thank you for what you've shared with us today and all the things you're doing. It was a great pleasure for me. And, of course, my thank is to you, Clint, because the program was for me the start of a new life. And I'm realizing also now after all these years, this every day. So thank you very much, Clint. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com. Thank you.